Thank you for downloading the Aging Matters podcast. To find out more about how Transitions Life Care is providing care and comfort for life's changing needs, visit transitionslifecare.org. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. 60 minutes devoted to giving you all the information you need when caring for a loved one with Nicole Cleggett and Jason Kong. Welcome to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Good Saturday evening to you. I am Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett, representing both Transitions Life Care and Transitions Guiding Lights. Nicole, how are you this evening? I am doing fabulous today. How are you? I'm wonderful, Nicole. I'm here, you know, got an addition to the family. I know. And you don't look tired. How? Well, you know, give it a few more minutes. You may have to (laughs) give me a cattle prod by the end of the show. I need whatever skin products you're using because they're clearly working well. Oh, I... Water? Water, yeah. I guess that's that's about it. That's about it. And uh, occasionally a, a present from little baby Arthur, you know, I, I whatever he, he gets in my direction. But <laughs> enough of that. Let's get to the topic at hand, Nicole. We're going to be talking about the subject of life-sizing. And to do that, we've brought back Richard Miller, who's the owner and president of Smooth Transitions of Central North Carolina. Richard, thank you so much for coming back on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. And congratulations, by the way. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. So I'm so excited to have you back on the show today. And I, I just want to kind of jump off. You were telling me something offline that you're kind of like, well, I don't know if we're going to mention this on air, but congratulations. I hear that your company has really grown in the last few months here. Well, thank you. We're very excited to scale, not just interna- or not just nationally, but internationally. Wow. Uh, we officially took control of the Smooth Transitions brand February 1st. Amazing. we built out our training center in Columbus, Ohio, okay. and we will be adding new licensees within the next few weeks. Um, we have 52 currently in the United States and one in New Zealand. Wow. So that makes you international. That's a great place to vacation. It's a good place to start. Yes, it is. <laughs> That's awesome. We would love to have our national meeting in New Zealand. Well, yeah, we can you, dream. If you need a speaker, I'll be glad to come. <laughs> <laughs> so, so welcome today. And uh, I think, you know, this is a great time of year for us to be talking about some of those life-sizing issues as we have come off the holiday season and loved ones have been visiting each other and noticed changes in family members. It might be the time that you're starting to think about how much longer can mom or dad or can I even, frankly, stay in the home that I'm in with the size that it is? Do I need to make a change? Absolutely. Um, You know, I think some fun facts, just just to echo that. Uh, 300,000 items is what you see in an average U.S. home. 300,000. 300,000. Does that include all my son's Lego pieces? It does. (laughs) It does. So it can be quite daunting, your point. Um, And especially as you age, uh-huh. it's a lot to take care of. Sure. And it's a lot to really think about. How do I move to the next phase of my life? And how do I really take care of all that stuff? What do I do with it? What do I do with it? It can be paralyzing, all that stuff. Well, you know, and my husband and I, we were recently talking about the homes that we grew up in years ago. And we were saying, you know, everything just seems to be bigger. You know, all the homes seem to be bigger. And I think you have a fun fact related to that. You're absolutely right. The average size of the American home is tripled yes. in the past 50 years. Which yeah, is amazing to think about. My husband said literally his room growing up was the size of a jail cell. And so when, <laughs> when the kids are saying, hey, you know, my room's too small. Can I have the rec room? We just kind of laugh and say our rooms were like an eighth of the size of your bedroom. You're fine. You can actually absolutely. fit a queen size bed in your room. Like I had a single bed and I'm 5'9". <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I grew up, there was eight of us. Oh, wow. Seven siblings. And like very much, we were in bunk beds and we were were cornered in. But, you know, 50 years later, 
and I'm 51. Um, <laughs> 50 years later, it's triple the size of what it was 50 years from now. And then in addition to that, one in 15 people actually have offsite storage that they rent. Wow. So on top of that, we don't have room for all of our stuff. Well, I noticed when I moved from the north to the south, one of the things that I have greatly missed is the basement. There just are not a lot. I'm not really sure why we don't have basements here as much, but I will tell you, it's like trying to find that storage space is a big challenge. Absolutely. And you see it, you know, up in the attics, you see it in the crawls, yes, external garages. storage building, and then even offsite. Definitely, definitely. So it can be a, a monumental task to transition. So if we are looking in a situation where we are looking at mom or dad who might be living in a big old farmhouse from years ago and they had their eight kids, you know, how do we even begin the idea of tackling this project if we've all decided it's really time to make a change? Well, the first thing is to really start to identify the things that really matter, mm-hmm. things that bring joy, promote good memories, and most importantly, are things that they need for function in the next space. So you can start very small. For example, a file cabinet. When you look in the file cabinet, you can look at how many years of taxes you have. <laughs> you only need three, but I routinely see 20, 25. I've seen 30. Wow. So you can start with simple things like that, okay. basically eliminating the things that make zero sense in moving to the next space. Um, so that's a very, very simple way to start. Yeah, I, I remember when um, uh, we combined houses years ago, and literally, we had, it was a very similar situation where like every year of taxes were kept, and, but then it was like, what do you do with all this paper? And I just remember we, we, we drove to a UPS store and had like hundreds of pounds of paper because some of it has protected information you don't want to just throw in sure. the trash. And so it, even the idea of getting rid of paperwork can be completely overwhelming, even it when can. you're young. Absolutely. And we recom- highly recommend bulk shredding Yeah. Um, versus one page at a time. Yeah, yeah. Because you could be doing that for months. <laughs> you could be burning out your shredders yeah, <laughs> left exactly. and right. And burning isn't a great option either, just for the record. Yeah. It's, it's really difficult to do that. To so get it all, yeah. Just take it and bulk shred it. That's Great. What, do. what else? Um, the next thing would be to get generous. Okay. So I, I think uh, just a friendly caution to your audience mm-hmm. that many times kids don't want what's in the home. Uh-huh. And it's not because they don't like those things. It's right. because they've already filled up their own home. Mm-hmm. And also even the younger generation, my 27-year-old, uh, if it doesn't fit in a flat pack in the back of his Subaru, he's not interested. <laughs> you know, they sacrifice quality, right. which is what we grew up with, for mm-hmm. style. Right. So please don't be offended if they don't want to take it. And that's a really slippery slope. You know, uh, my mother passed away a couple of years ago. and My father's finally at the point where he's going through things and he's moving himself. He's he's right sizing. And, you know, he literally will open up cabinets and snap a picture and say, what of this do you want? (laughs) (laughs) Which is nice because at least he's not putting everything in a box for me and just saying, take it home and deal with it. So definitely, you know, things have really changed. And I still tend to be of the generation where I really do appreciate some of those like nicer pieces of china and things like that but then you know some of our kids we're kind of, we just can already tell they're just not going to be interested in these things and the other challenge i think is we often think our things are worth more than they really are we think everything is just something that's so priceless that everybody's going to want and then when you go and try to sell it you come quite surprised yes um that's an unfortunate reality for many of our clients uh, I, th- I think the simple way to explain that is, as you know, 10,000 people turn 65 every day. Mm-hmm. As soon as you hit the alarm clock, another 10,000 people turn 65. Mm-hmm. As a result, lots of folks are life-sizing, and the market is flooded. Mm-hmm. So things like China that have been treasured for generations just don't have the value that they used to. And people to. haven't had the number of kids. So if you have right. two kids and neither one of them are interested, they end up over at Goodwill or at an estate sale, and, and that's that. Absolutely. What else? 
Well, uh, after you're generous and you give all the great things to family, friends, uh-huh. neighbors, uh, the next thing that you can really do is to really start thinking about where you want to go. Because having a plan is really 90% of the challenge. Mm-hmm. So if you know where you're going to go, then you can begin to floor plan and make sure that you're sorting the large pieces in your home. So if it's to a patio home, for example, you'll know exactly what pieces will fit in the new home. Mm-hmm. You can do it with this as simply as using grid paper and painter's tape and laying out the new home. Or you can call a service like ours and we would help them with that. Once you've identified those pieces that are you need for function and mean the most to you, it makes it a lot easier to then disperse the rest of the larger furniture pieces, which sometimes can be a lot of pieces. It's, it can be. And I think sometimes that decision of where do you want to go next can be rather paralyzing for folks because that can be a really large overarching decision as far as, you know, what if you live, in my case, my father lives in New York and here I am in North Carolina, right? And he's getting up there in years. And so it's sort of like, which child should I move closer to or do I don't want, you know, do I understand that not moving closer to either child will result in me potentially being in a health crisis without people around me? So I think, you know, for people to kind of take it that next step, even if they're in their early 60s and they're not feeling like they have a lot of chronic conditions yet, really thinking about the future because one thing is for sure, moving is stressful and we don't want to have to do that, you know, umpteen times. You're absolutely right. And that's expert advice, obviously. <laughs> um, it's a very difficult decision, but once that decision is made, it makes the actual uh, logistics of the move much more easy to execute. And the one thing I do appreciate about senior move managers, which your company, you are senior move managers, is how you partner with other organizations throughout the country. And so one thing I think people should keep in mind is that if you work with a senior move manager who has expert training on how to assist you in this process, they can hook up with another licensed senior move manager in another place to make it completely seamless. So you're not dealing with, you know, what what, what you may be picturing as a general moving company, shipping things from one part of the country to the next. You're actually working with people who understand the process and hopefully will make it seamless and personal for you. Absolutely. We have Richard Miller in the studio. He is owner and president of Smooth Transitions of Central North Carolina, and we're going to continue our conversation with him right after this. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. Joined by Nicole Cleggett from Transitions Guiding Lights. Here's your host, Jason Kong. You are listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on News Radio 680 WPTF. I'm Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett. In the studio right now, we have Richard Miller, owner and president of Smooth Transitions of Central North Carolina. And Nicole, we're talking all about life-sizing. We've gone over uh, identifying the things that really matter to us, uh, being generous and choosing the, the next location for us as well. And there's a couple more items that we need to hit. Well, I think one thing that I would love to touch on is really what's really what is contained in a home. And if you if it all boils down to, you know, if there's a catastrophic fire, it's your memories, right? People are really attached to the memories that surround that experience of being in that home. And so when you're looking at disassembling your home, it almost could feel like a fire. You're just losing everything to different places, to different people. And if you do have some very special things that you want to take with you, and, and sometimes people have boxes and boxes of photos or videos or, or what have you, but you just don't have the space, what are some things that we can do to actually save those memories? 
Well, that's um, that's a challenging uh, and daunting task for most people. Mm-hmm. But those things that spark joy and bring back memories are very important and make it feel like home in the new space. One thing that we would recommend, especially as it relates to photography, uh, there may be generational walls in the home, for example. We will remove the pictures from the frames and then digitize those images so that they can then be stored in a much smaller framework for the new space. Right. Um, likewise, they can be put into scrapbooks or photo albums. Sometimes we can take, uh, an example would be a teapot collection. Rather than her taking her 28 teapots, mm-hmm. we photograph those teapots and turn them into a coffee table book. Those are all good ideas yeah. of how you can basically just reduce the space but pre- preserve those very, very important memories. I can still feel the pain of giving all that up, though, even though it's still a photo. Ooh. It's tough. <laughs> That's hard. That is definitely hard. What else should we talk about today? Well, a couple more fun facts okay. for you. 25% yeah. of people with two-car garages don't have any room to park their cars in them. That may surprise you guys. Uh, Jason's laughing. Are you one of those? No, I've got two in there, but I see so many people. My, my mom is one of those who is like, Mom, you got to clear some of this stuff out. This is the whole point. Get the car in there. Well, I will tell you, up until about six months ago, my gra- not only do we have a two-car garage, we have a, an extra shed that has an ability to fit two additional cars, and there were no cars in anywhere. And I finally looked at my husband, and he's probably, well, <laughs> I don't know if he's listening tonight, but in any event, I just said, I have got to get my car in this garage. We are a whole week and we just emptied the entire garage out and i i, I have through my car has been there every single day since so, good for yes. you good for you i laid the law down yeah that's that's excellent well you know 32 percent of americans can only fit one car so uh, well. you're, you're definitely making progress <laughs> um, another interesting fun fact is that the average family throws away 65 pounds of clothing a year uh. Just to think about that. And the, the, I always the, thought you were going to say food. It's probably worse. <laughs> oh, yeah, it probably is. $1.2 trillion annually uh, throw away, or I'm sorry, don't throw away, but purchase non-essential goods. Basically stuff we don't need. Mm-hmm. So that's why we end up with those garages full of stuff yep. and the houses full of stuff, which continually paralyzes the folks that I'm working with trying to help them transition to the next Well, and, and as we get older, it's like, what do you buy your dad who has everything, right? So you just buy him another funny tool or another funny tie, and then it just keeps piling and piling and piling. And exactly. And it's, it's tricky, yeah. And I have a great hat collection, yeah. for example. <laughs> you know, my kids always buy me hats. So. Well, and God forbid you have one thing that people know you love, and you get a thousand of those things. My, 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 my nanny, she loves elephants, and she literally has, she said, a 500 little figurine elephants, because once people heard she liked elephants, then that was it because she's sort of the age she has everything and so now everybody hooks onto the elephant collection that becomes a herd and yes <laughs> your nanny is speaking my language because what we recommend is eating it like an elephant one oh. little chunk <laughs> one little bite at a time that's really how you tackle this this project because it's a massive project so, so keep it one or two of those elephants you just love and the rest of them let go yes or when you look at the collective uh house full of items, mm-hmm. work in a couple hour segments, work in small segments, but be disciplined and mm-hmm. actually work on them a little bit at a time. And eventually you'll eat that whole elephant. So instead of 500, maybe you end up with two. I think the other, the other piece that becomes incredibly stressful for parents, especially when they're trying to, to right size, is when the children get involved, you know, you, it's well-meaning, right? Even with me helping my dad go through his things with for my mom. But sometimes it just brings up a lot of emotional issues in the family dynamic. Sometimes certain family members will start to fight with each other over who wants what items or give their opinions about what mom should keep. And that's another reason why I think it's often important to bring somebody from the outside in that can look at it without all the emotion wrapped up in it and really help that family come up with a plan and make those decisions. You're absolutely right. An objective third party makes all the difference. 
For example, you know, a typical transition takes six to nine months when the family is handling it. Oh, my goodness. But when you bring in a professional team, it's two to three week process. Really? That much of a difference? Wow. That's huge. It's because of what you just said. It's It's agonizing over it all. Yes. And really trying to hone in on those things that matter most. Yeah. And the folks that do it every day like us, uh, we know how to really make it streamlined. And, and speed up the process. Instead of opening up every single piece of paper and reading everything on it, you kind of have a way that you can just tell people, put that in a different pile, let's move on to the next thing, I would suspect. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, there's still stories and conversation, mm-hmm. but with family, you know, it, it can be overwhelming. Yeah. The emotion can be very overwhelming. So um, <clears throat> the, the last thing I would want to share with you guys is to develop a, a realistic plan. So let's assume that we've worked with either a life care manager or a placement expert. We know where that next space is going to be. We began life-sizing in our home and reducing the clutter. Uh, but now we need to either sell the home to transition or we're going to go ahead and transition and then sell the home. Either way, it's really important to declutter and depersonalize the home to prepare it for market. And we call that strategic planning. But mm-hmm. you want to have what we call a move plan. And that is, we know where we're going, we know when we're going there, now let's reverse engineer all the activities that need to take place to hit hit that goal. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's simple things, like removing and clearing everything off the counter, removing personal photos from the space so that prospective buyers of the home can envision themselves in the home. Things that a, a qualified real estate expert, and I understand you have one of those on next, can really help make a big difference there. And what we can do is come behind them based on their recommendations help execute that for the client. So doing the whole staging piece, really making it feel like it could be a home for anybody. Essentially, yes. You know, neutralizing the space so that it's ready for market. What else? Um, the, the other thing that I would talk a little bit about is don't be afraid to ask for help. Uh, for a number of things that we've just talked about today, it can be daunting and overwhelming, but don't be afraid to bring in an expert team. One thing that we're unique at is that we will help as little or as much as possible. So let's say the family really wants to do all the work, but they just need help with direction. Mm -hmm. We provide that. Maybe floor planning, just so they know exactly what pieces are going to fit in the new space so they're not moving things multiple times. They can call and we can help them with that sort of thing. So we can either manage the entire project or we can just do bits and pieces of it. But the number one thing I would say is, especially if you're not thinking about it, right now is the time to start. Do it while you're in charge, when you're not There's in no a rush. There's no crisis. There's no crisis, yes. One of the things that I really appreciate most about the move managers, it really has to do with the side of when they pick the space that's smaller, and you can actually show mom who wants to bring that giant curio closet and the king-size bed frame and all these giant pieces of furniture, you can actually show them with software exactly how it will fit or not fit. And I think when people get to see that, they don't end up moving a whole bunch of pieces of furniture into a space to make it a tripping hazard or just make it feel so enclosed. And I know that long-term care communities really appreciate that as well, because a lot of times when families do it themselves, they end up moving way too many pieces of the big furniture and then they have to call a company to get the stuff out exactly right they end up moving things multiple times and although it's the best intentions they may not have a safe environment for mom or dad right transition so um so i'm guessing that you do work with uh, long-term care communities out in in the community as well as as moving people into these smaller home spaces absolutely so our transitions are sometimes into patio homes Mm -hmm. uh Apartments, of course, but independent living, assisted living, memory care. Memory care is one of the things we're most famous for because we're so detail-focused. Everything that's in its position the morning of the move is put back in its exact position 
at the end of the day for our what we call a reveal. So um, in a memory care move, that's especially important mm -hmm. because it's traumatic, as you know, and we right. do our very best to reduce that trauma. So if folks want to find out more information about you and your company, how do they go ahead and get in touch with you? They can call 919-335-HOME, or they can go to our website, which is www.yoursmoothtransition.com. That's yoursmoothtransition.com or 919-335-HOME or 919-335-4663. Richard Miller, owner and president of Smooth, Transi Smooth Transitions of Central North Carolina. That's easy for me to say, Richard. Thank you so much for coming in this evening. Thank you very much. A quick break and back with more. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. With your hosts, Nicole Cleggett and Jason Kong. News Radio 680 WPTF, this is Aging Matters. Care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It is your life, your care. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett. And Nicole, I love it when we have a themed out show. It makes life easier when uh, we have some continuity here in the program. And uh, we've got a, a cool topic set up here, one that I don't think we've really discussed we on the program. Not. Yeah, so I'm excited to welcome Melissa Elliott on the program. She is a realtor with Keller Williams Realty, and we're going to be talking about how to know when it's time to sell a family home and some different options that we may have for our loved ones. Melissa, thank you so much for coming in this evening. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, and I think this is a great topic, given we were just talking about sort of when that family makes a decision to make a move, how to make that transition as smooth as possible. And so really, I think talking about how to make that decision and what are some things we should be looking for to kind of warn us that it's time to look at selling that family homestead, I think is super important. So thank you for being here. My pleasure. My pleasure. Yeah, I think it's really um, a, a, can be a difficult and emotional decision for a lot of family members. Um, because a lot of times that family home that they've been in for years, um, even though I think that people are not staying in homes as long anymore, I think a lot of times our baby boomers and seniors have tended to stay in homes. Yes. Um, and so they may be in that same home for 25, 30, sometimes even 40 years. So they've, they have a lot of memories that are attached to that home. Um, there is also where... Um, sometimes their best friends and their community is very, very familiar to them. So it can be pretty stressful and emotional decision to consider moving away. But a lot of times the, the reasons um, for people and their family members to consider moving might be that they want to get closer to their adult children mm -hmm. and their grandchildren. Right. That a lot of times can be a pull. And a lot of times there might be even things that... Um, you know, the, the home becomes a little bigger than they need. Um, so they're trying to consider the right sizing or downsizing and the home maintenance. You know, if they're, maybe their spouse has passed away or maybe they're just medically not able to um, do the things that they used to be able to do. And so this home becomes more of a, a burden with, absolutely, with, with taking care of it, with the maintenance, 
things like that, and that can get a little overwhelming. Yeah, I recently worked with a, a caregiving situation where um, it was a woman who had, you know, it was a multi-generational house, actually. I mean, mm-hmm. we're going back, and she was basically the curator of the family. So every person that passed away, well, several of them lived in that house and passed away, but she became the curator of all the very special mementos. Yeah. And so her husband passed away then 10 years before, then she had a medical crisis, and then suddenly the only living child was left to go through the home with the very weak weakly, weak and physical condition state mother of going through literally multi-generations of belongings and farm equipment and special love letters and jewelry. Wow. And it was literally, I mean, it became a full-time job for this person sure. for a period of several months just to mm-hmm. even get through to the base of all of this stuff. And it wasn't a hoarding situation. It was just literally a whole entire family history, almost like a museum. Right. And I think, especially when you say a multi-generational home, because really nobody, yes, people move out, but it's not the normal process where it gets sold and you have to clean everything out. Right. Things stay, right? And then the next generation, you know, moves in. Um, and so, yeah, certainly that could be very overwhelming when it's hundred plus years of stuff. And of I think we, can, we see that probably often, correct me if I'm wrong, but more so in more of the rural communities, I would suspect in sort of more of those, you know, older farm homes and places where people, you know, there was cattle raised here yes. and, and things mm-hmm. of that nature. So I can only imagine, you know, what it's like to even walk in the doors as a realtor when things need to be updated and trying yeah. to get it ready for that next group that wants to come in. Yes, absolutely. You know, because a lot of times, as, as seniors and baby boomers, as their health starts to ail, so does then the, the home, conditions, right? Yep. And the conditions. So um, it can be a little bit daunting at times to come in knowing also that the, that the owner, um, you know, you giving them a, a, you know, a long list of, of repairs or, or things that we need to get done um, can be daunting. And so, offensive sometimes. Right. Because they, they're embarrassed. Right. By this. They know, you know, intuitively, oh my gosh, this place is falling apart. But then to be told right. how bad it is and what needs to be done to even potentially sell it can, right. be, can be upsetting. Yes. We have to pick our words carefully and you certainly don't want to offend them by any means. Right. So I think sometimes having a, a conversation where up front you say, you know, none of this, you know, is, is anything it's not against a reflection on you. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But it's just, um, you know, I think whenever we live in a home for 10 years, it's, it, it's our choice of colors, right? It's personal preference. Right? right. And so, um, but our job as realtors is to get the home ready, um, for the perspective of the buyer. And so I always try to let people know that it's not, um, you know, it's not that we're saying your choices aren't lovely. It's just personal preference. And so we need to get it ready for, um, for a buyer's perspective and for the, you know, pink might be your favorite color, but let's try to go with a more, um, broad color, like a gray or a beige or, you know, something like that, that's going to appeal to the masses more. So how do you go about tackling all of these changes when that person is still living in the home? Well, especially with our baby boomers and seniors population, I think one of the things we become is that we coordinate, you know, a lot of the professional partners that we work with. We make sure we try to, you know, handle that um, with um, where maybe with younger, um, you know, 
uh, people we don't necessarily need to. We can kind of give them a list and say this is what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. So with our seniors and baby boomers, we really kind of go through the home, help them to kind of look at and see and then certainly have them be part of the discussion and and but if they want us to coordinate things we can certainly do that as well so what are some of those signs that somebody really needs to be looking at selling the homestead before it's a crisis well i think you know like we mentioned earlier if home maintenance becomes a burden if their health is ailing um if they want to get closer to their family members um, and that sometimes means moving states away. Those are aw- awesome reasons as well. But the other one, too, is when they feel like the home is just too big and they want to move into a smaller ho- house. A lot of times, too, is the uh, people are wanting more, you know, like with a 55 plus community, it's more of a lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. They're moving in to maybe where they're um, wanting to, yes, go into a smaller environment and a smaller home, but they're also wanting that community to have those social events and and to have more of a lifestyle um, surrounded about you know their their age and and things like that. So that I think is a big draw right now where people are wanting um, you know those social activities. I remember uh, several years ago before my husband's grandmother passed away, we were over at the house visiting and she said, would you mind going upstairs and get this jewelry box off of this dresser? And she knew exactly where it was. But he said walking up there was like literally walking back in time because you could just see that she hadn't been up those stairs in 10 years. And yes, it was exactly where she said it needed to be and nothing was messy, but it was just like, wow, this is, you could definitely see that, you know, she really wasn't utilizing at all that top floor of that home. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Absolutely. you see that a lot. Absolutely. Another reason that someone might be considering moving is financially, mm-hmm. right? The home has just become, you know, too expensive um, and they need to, to get into something that is you know, more realistic for them, especially if, a, if one of their spouses has passed. Well, and that's, that's a, a really true statement. What we find when we're working with families is that a lot of older adults have all of their net worth tied up in the home that they mm-hmm. paid off 10 years ago. You know, so, the, so they're living on Social Security and they have this home that represents, you know, this bucket of money that they just can't even touch because mm-hmm. it's in the home. Right. And so sometimes selling that home and going into a smaller house will afford them the opportunity to get some supportive services to help them remain independent longer. Mm-hmm. And that's a conversation that I think being a seniors real estate specialist, that that we're unique in the fact that if it if if financially they are able to stay in the home, sometimes it's just a matter of looking at and we also can can help them bring in professional partners such as aging in place. If they need to remodel this home, then we can come in and help them say, you know, we've brought in Um, some construction and renovation people that specialize in aging in place. And then they help to to formulate a plan if this is realistic and it makes sense. But also the other thing is sometimes when you remodel and do a renovation to age in place, it then becomes where it doesn't financially make sense, like your return on investment wouldn't make sense. That is the voice of Melissa Elliott. She is a realtor with Keller Williams Realty and also a seniors real estate specialist. And we're going to continue our conversation with her right after this. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on News Radio 680 WPTF. 
This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. 60 minutes devoted to giving you all the information you need when caring for a loved one. With Nicole Cleggett and Jason Kong. You are listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. In the studio right now, we have Melissa Elliott. She is a realtor with Keller Williams Realty, and she's also a seniors real estate specialist. And we were talking about how to know when it's time to make a move with a family homestead. And uh, I know we're going to get into some options as well, Nicole, for uh things that exist and moves that we can't make. Definitely. And I would really love to really dissect what makes a senior move specialist so special because I think, you know, anybody who has some additional education and training to work with older adults, I think that is definitely a benefit because it does take a little bit of different psychology and I think some nuances to really work with this group of people to really understand what's behind everything that's going on with the move of the home. Absolutely. So, you know, the difference between a senior's real estate specialist and just, and you know, a, a traditional realtor, I think, is one that we understand the nuances that go along with becoming, you know, advanced in our ages, whether it's baby boomers. And a lot of times I think we forget that baby boomers are traditionally still possibly working mm-hmm. and they actually might be needing a bigger home because they're bringing in their own aging parent. Right. Right. They may need that um, first floor in-law suite, um, things like that. But then we also look at where maybe they're they're wanting a ranch that they just don't want to be um, worried about stairs and things like that. But a senior's real estate specialist really understands the dynamics that go along with all of those transitions. Transition as we get older um, becomes a little bit more difficult. We don't tend to handle um, change as well. Not quite as resilient. Yeah, it really stresses them out much more like we have seen many times where I've worked with some you know pretty high up corporate people and in their earlier years they had change all the time they were and it didn't bother them they actually kind of enjoyed that but all of a sudden as we get older that change becomes a little bit more stressful and it brings a lot of emotion that goes along with it so I think with working with um seniors and and baby boomers what I call mature adults you know understanding that change brings about a lot of emotion and um, even positive change can still be stressful and it can still be a pretty emotional decision there's a lot of um, memories and um, tied to where we live and and just you know um things that that we have and possess can bring can have a lot of emotion. So I think understanding those dynamics, but also being very connected to other professional partners that a lot of times we need to bring in to make the situation and make the whole process um, helpful and seamless for for the client that we're working with is is helpful. And we have a lot of those partners that that can help. Um, what I picture is sort of as we age, and I'm even feeling this as myself, is, you know, you sort of, you have that rubber band elasticity, but as mm-hmm. we age, we might still stretch, but it takes us a little bit longer to kind of snap back or, or we can become so brittle that it just breaks. And mm-hmm. so I think that's just important 
to keep in mind that things will just take longer. You know, you might see some unexpected emotions and, and I think that's really wonderful that they have this type of a certification. Are there additional education requirements or things of that nature to become a specialist? How does that work out of curiosity? Yes. Yes. So I went, um, and got, the um, extra credentials that it takes to to be a seniors real estate specialist. I had worked with seniors for years in the past, in my past career. And so it just seemed like a seamless process. It just, you know, um, I already felt comfortable working with them and was knowledgeable in a lot of the dynamics that happen with them. And so, yes, there is, you go and get um, special credentials and then there's also some CEs and um, continuing education. Yes, absolutely that we continue to to work with. But it's also I think the networks um, that that we need, you know, the like I said working alongside of care managers and um, senior move specialists and you know financial advisors that understand um, you know their situation with seniors and um, and, and baby boomers, whether it's t- this different taxes, um, there's a lot of stuff that go along with that. Like I said earlier, having renovation specialists that work with creating aging universal pl- design, absolutely, for sure. absolutely, yeah. making that place ready for whatever's coming next. Especially if that individual has been open with whatever chronic conditions they have, mm-hmm. you can kind of look into the future as to what their needs will be, so that this move will be a move that they can at least have for a while. So right, super important, absolutely. Um, so let's talk a little bit about you know the triangle area. We're pretty diverse in our housing options, and I know a lot of communities don't really have some of the options. Even if you step outside the triangle, mm-hmm. options really. Dem- diminish quickly. But what are some options that older adults have here in the community from a housing perspective? Well, if they're really physically able um, to take care of themselves, and it's just more that they're looking for, like I said earlier, the social um, aspect, there's the 55 plus communities. There's also some retirement, um, you know, retirement apartments um, where that they can go into that's um, Again, they're able to care for themselves. It's just more of the the activities and Security, the social. Absolutely. Like that. Yeah. Maybe light housekeeping, things like that. So there's um, you know, the retirement age restricted communities um, that are one aspect. The other one, as we start to um, need a little bit more care, there becomes like the assisted living arrangements. And that's where um, there's still the social community setting. Um but they may have some medical problems, but that they are able to still care for themselves. Those, that's one aspect. And as you need more care, then obviously the, the financial commitment becomes a little greater. Um, but I think that those are a lot of the, the first aspects where, um, where they're still, the, the senior population is still able to, to really get around on their own, mm-hmm. you know, even drive still, have their own apartment. A lot of times it's very in, much encouraged that they bring their own belongings into either the assisted living mm-hmm. arrangement or the retirement community um, apartment or single family home, obviously, where they bring their own furnishings in to make it what they want it to be more personalized. I know my daughter lives in uh, South Carolina, and she lives in a really interesting neighborhood where it's you're either starting out 
Mm -hmm. families or there's retirement age people in there. So there's just sort of these two groups. And it's really interesting because there's also a daycare Uh sort of in the center of it all. And so you see oftentimes, you know, the seniors are volunteering in the daycare and then you have the young couples just starting to have their babies. And I thought, you know, that's really interesting and wonderful because, um, you know, one thing, and I can appreciate people kind of wanting to be together with their own group, but I think there's something to be said about children who don't necessarily live near their grandparents, because again, in the U.S., we are so spread out. Having the opportunity to interact with the older generations, I think, is incredibly powerful and I think is super important to make people to be to be continuously sensitive to the needs of older adults and hopefully grow a passion to work with them in the future. Absolutely. I think that's a pretty cool community, yeah, actually. Yeah, it sounds pretty interesting, yeah. for sure. So if folks wanted to get a hold of you, how would they go about doing that? Um, my website, Elliot Realty NC, um, is one way. And then just contacting me, um, you know, great. Melissa Elliot at Elliot Realty NC. Awesome. Great. Excellent. Again, that website, Elliot Realty NC. Dot com. Melissa Elliott, realtor with Keller Williams Realty and also a seniors real estate specialist. Thank you so much for spending the time this evening and chatting with us. Thanks for having me. I want to remind everyone, if you missed any portion of this episode and want to go check it out, you can head over to WPTF.com, click on the big podcast button at the top of the page, and there you can find the Aging Matters section, and you can listen to this show as well as every other show that we've done in the past. We've got a full archive there of uh, everything, all the goodness that Nicole and her guests have espoused upon us. So you can do that, WPTF.com. Remember the podcast section and head over to Aging Matters. We are out of time for this evening. I want to thank our guests again, Melissa Elliott, as well as Richard Miller with Smooth Transitions of Central North Carolina. Uh, We'll be back again next Saturday night at 7. We hope you'll join us then. On behalf of Nicole Cleggett, I'm Jason Kong, thanking you for listening to Aging Matters. Care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on News Radio 680 W. PTF. Have a wonderful night. You've been listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. For more information, log on to transitionslifecare.org.